Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Yeah. What's up, y'all? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Ashton Lorian, and I am a minister in training here at City Life. It has been nothing short but an honor and a privilege to serve you guys. I genuinely, truly love our church. Like, we are set apart. I really love Jesus, and I really, 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 I'm excited about the vision that God has extended here. I think we're really part of something that's not so normal. Would you guys agree? And what I think is cool is we're part of something that's not so normal, and it's led by not so normal people. Jerome and Crystal are our lead pastors here at City Life, and these people are set apart. And these are the ones you see. There's a lot more. There's the Marissas, the Kendalls, the Victorias, the Devons. There's Modi. There's so many people behind the scenes that we don't even, you don't ever get to see up here to talk to you that are leading behind the movements, holding up the arms what God is doing here. And it is a genuine honor to be a part of. Really. I mean, I get, to, I get the honor right now to stay with uh, the Veerlings uh, pre-marriage. And so I'm living there and it's a blast. But to see what goes in behind the scenes sometimes is it's exciting, it's, it's compelling, but also it's like, whoa, it's real sign-up. It takes a lot. You know, I was in a conversation with our pastor this week, and we were talking about the difference between soothe and solve, and the ministry that we get to be a part of, a.k.a. the church, is we're in the soothing business, not the solving business. Meaning there's a lot of stuff that happens here that we can't solve, because it's already been solved on the cross, and we have to really kind of wait till Christ comes back one day. And so in the meantime, as ministers, as pastors, as people in the room, and as you guys, as followers of Jesus, we really don't get to solve a whole lot, but we do get to soothe. And that's what our leaders do here really, really well, and a lot of you guys can attest to that in moments, whether it's, you know, you've lost somebody or you've gone through a hard time that the leaders here have stood next to you. And so I just want to take a moment to pray, to honor them, um, honor every single person behind the scenes that you never see um, that's investing in the, in the local church. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for family. Thank you for friends. Um, But God, thank you for our leaders here. Jerome, Crystal, and the many, many names that aren't here anymore or have been are the ones that have laid the foundation so that we can do this today for years and years and years to come. Even you, Jesus, thank you. We would not be here if it wasn't for you. And so, God, I pray you continue to uplift the arms of the leaders here, um, Jesus, that you just continue to encourage those that attend, God, that they just they come to life with the truth of who you are and what you've done. And, God, that in response to that, we go tell the world about it, and we live it out to the best of our capabilities. So, God, have your way today. We love you, we choose you, and we thank you. In your powerful name we pray. Amen. That's what's up. Honor is important. Um, so it's an honor and excitement. Again, honor. I like the word right now. I'm serious. Honor's dope. It's an honor and excitement to walk through the vision here at City Life. If you don't know, we're in a 12, roughly 12-week series called We Are. And our goal is, is we are going to be basically trying to, to not point us to, like, hey, yo, what are we doing this year? It's more of who do we want to become? I said it in the rally. Kind of here's a cheat sheet for you. We want to become people of love. We want to become radical followers of Jesus. And the goal is by the end of this vision series, the We Are series, that we walk through it, that we are closer to that. Um, And so what's cool also is that City Life is a good news church. You heard that right. We're a church. Unapologetically, we don't care. We are in awe 
and pursuit of the King Jesus, period. It's a church here. And the goal and the purpose is of this we are is we want to really not only tell you who we are as in city life, like, hey, what's up? But we also want to paint the picture and tell you who the big C church is, a.k.a. the church in general, the bride of Christ. Is that kind of cool? I thought so, too. So last week, Jerome, he dove kind of deep. It was kind of like a class. Was anybody here last week? Awesome, cool. If this is your first time, that's what's up. Last week was like almost a version of like catechism. We like walked through. He had his cool glasses on. It was like study time. I saw people writing. Their wrist was hurting. And he was walking people through the vision of what it means to be a good news church. My goal today is to dive a little bit deeper. It's going to be like part two. You're like, another one? We already did a deep dive. This is going to be less info and more like heart, inspo, like inspiration. The goal is that we want to not only just understand the good news and what it means to be a church, but to really, truly, genuinely live this thing out. Cool? So to address the obvious, I know I'm one of the younger people in the room. I'm 24 years old. And so you might already be like, dude, I don't want to hear anything this kid's got to say. But don't disqualify me, disqualify me yet. Uh, you can read Timothy. It t- says don't disqualify me for my youth. That's messed up. And, uh, because I purposely, though, I've seriously set my life on track to be submitted and devoted to the church. I'm very passionate. Uh, athletic Ashton with the passion for Jesus was happening. It's our Kid City tagline. That was my little guy. That was my character. Athletic Ashton with the passion for Jesus was happening. Okay? I grew up in a lead pastor's house. If you're familiar with Trinity Church, Marvin Williams, um, that's my dad. They took me in after my mom passed away, and I grew up with them, and, and it's connected. And so the, the, the point I share that is not to be like, oh, look at me, I'm sweet. No, 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 no. I can't picture where I'm going to end up in 20 years. I really can't. Neither can you where you're going in 20 years. We don't know that. But I can let you in on my prayers. And my prayer has been that, God, I want, to, I want this to never stop. I never want to stop exegeting the text. If you want to know what that means, just draw meaning out of the word. I never want to stop preaching the good news. I never want to stop loving you. I always want to be in part of your church. I always want to be helping lift the arms up of what you're doing through the local body. And so that's kind of where, you know, a little bit about me. Please don't disqualify me. I'm also on track right now to get married. So this whole, this whole guy, she's right there. So you can take a look. Don't look too long. That's my girl. And, uh, but it's, uh, it's exciting because it's actually taken this whole idea of like the bride to a different level. And she's not my bride yet. We're, I'd call the chapter of our story right now the process of becoming one. And dude, like it's just, you, I, maybe it's like the fathers and the mothers in the room understand like the concept of God a little bit different when you have a kid. And you realize like, yo, God the father, that's got to just, I get it a little bit more now. Now you get to see like, oh, this is the girl I'm going to marry. I get it a little bit more like God's love for his bride. Um, so just, you know what I mean? Don't disqualify me. I just had to give a lot of taglines because I get it. I know I'm younger and I just want to always address the obvious. So the weeks to come, we are, we're going to be inching through the vision at City Life. Online in the lobby, we have vision mags. We're selling them, I believe, for $8, and they're right out there. And if you're like, yo, I don't got bread for that, that's okay. Go grab one. We'll give it to you. Online, you can download a PDF document, print it. We'll print it for you. I don't care. Whatever it is, because the vision mag is really cool. Why? Because you're literally holding what we believe God has, like, extended here in your hand. Of course, the team has put hard work, hours, and language specifically, all that stuff, but we have it, and you could walk through in the next 12 weeks. Oh, got it. Oh, got it. Oh, got it. Where are we going next week? I bet I can guess. Oh, yeah, next page. Just like that. So those are available in the lobby um, as well as online if you just want to do a um, digital version. That's completely okay. And so last week, Jerome explained this, a good news church. He said, we are a good news church. Say it with me. We are a good news church. One more time. Let's hear it. We are a good news church. Ah, 
yeah. And the gospel changes everything and is central to our gatherings, formation, and holistically how we serve one another. We are a people in Jesus and not a building. We are the ecclesia, the bride of Christ. We are a. We are a. Exactly. For those that like synthesized versions, this paragraph is synthesized right here as a good news church. That's a synthesized version. And if you want synthesized of this, we're a gospel-centered church. Gospel, meaning the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. We want to live that out. That's our goal. That's our heart. And Jerome walked us through five truths. So we're going to recap that right now. The first one was the church, the ecclesia, is God's people who are followers of Jesus. This is important to remember. If you wrote this last week, write it again. That the church, the ecclesia, is God's people. Who are we? Whose are we? We're God's. Who are followers of who? That's what it is. Does this say anywhere we're perfect? Negative. Does it say anywhere that we're going to have everything figured out? Negative. But it does say that we're God's people who are followers of Jesus. The ecclesia is not a building. It's not four walls. It's not just Sunday at 10 o'clock and 11.30. It's every single day. It's every single waking minute. It's the groups. It's the dream team. It's your marriages. It's our families. It's our relationships with our parents. It's all of it. It's with, your, with, the, with, the, with the individual that you really were like, yo, I didn't know they come to City Life too. It's happened to me. You're like, he comes here? Oh, dang. But that is because it's family. We're together. Secondly, Jesus is the head of the church. Who's the head? So we get awesome people that walk in the room, and they're leading. They're killing it. They're doing great. Jerome is amazing. The other leaders, as I get to be honored to be a minister in training, it's a privilege. But who's the head of the church? Jesus. He's leading this thing. He's the chief shepherd. He's all in control. We rise and fall on Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the head of this thing. He's running the show. Thirdly, the church is the bride of Christ. I like this one. I got a little bit of like Rico Suave romantic in me. I'm not going to lie. Like we took, the, we're doing premarital counseling right now. And so like we took the two different tests and I actually didn't come out as the romantic dude. She did. And so I came out with Resolute, which is like the, like the, it has a little lock on it, which is cool. But I do have that. Like I like nice steak dinners. I like to, I like the sweet talk. Not like that though. We're not married. But I do like to have conversation and have fun. We enjoy that stuff. But what's beautiful is, as I'm in this, in, this, in this journey, and some of you may think so too, the, the beautiful thing about the church is it's like holy matrimony. It's like a holy pursuit of his bride. This past week, was um, Sunday was Mother's Day, and if you know, if you've lost somebody, that can be a beautiful day or it can be a hard day. For me, it was a relatively harder day, and I'm, usually I'm good, and I'm like, man, this one hits deep. The next day, you know, Monique shoots me a text, and she's like, yo, my, my left hand's feeling a little numb. And so, you know, it might be that ring's a little tight, so she takes it off and checks it out. But the numbness went up her hand, up her arm. And by the end of the day, we were in a little meeting. By the end of it, it was in her face and the left-hand side. So if you know, that's like symptoms for not good. Immediately, I'm like, you know, day after, you know, day after Mother's Day, my mind's already thinking things. I'm immediately kind of scared. But the way my scared gets processed is it's frustration. So I'm like, yo, everyone's like, yo, it could be this, it could be this. I'm like, no, we're going to the ER, let's go. And so we go to ER late Monday night. We're on our way there, Michigan and, uh, um, and, and Larch, right at that connection. And we're going, and this dude comes in. And I mean, it was, it was a real almost car accident. Like three lanes, almost gets smashed. Monique screams. It was like one of those moments when you hit a pothole and you're just silent. You don't talk the whole rest of the way. That was that moment. And we're just in the car, and I'm just looking at her. And I'm not even looking at her because I start crying. 
Because two things came into my mind at that moment. One, I'm not in control. I didn't do anything. I was just driving and this dude just almost floored. I'm not in control. That might resonate with you because we want control a lot of the times, but God's running the show. Remember what's point two? Who's the head of the church? He's also the head of our lives. And it's hard to reconcile, but we're not in control. We get partnership, but we're not in control. And secondly, I had this, this fear, this passion as I looked over at Monique and I was like, man, like I could have, like, you know, I could have lost her in that moment. And I was like, like it's just that, that real was really how it felt. And I was like, I would have did anything. And that's not kudos to me. It was genuine, the reaction. And then it just dawned on me like, whoa, is that how God looks at us? Like that's his, like we're his. Like he loves us. The bride of Christ. It's maybe my, maybe I'm a little bit, I hit that point a little harder because of my season, but it was really deep this week. Fourthly, the church is biblical. It's rooted, it's under the authority of scripture. Everything we do is because of the book we read, the Bible. You may have it on your phone, you might have it at your house, you might have it on your, you know what I mean? I've seen it in people's toilets, which I'm, I'm just like, I've never been able to reconcile that one. I'm like, yo, that's kind of awkward, but I get it. But wherever you keep it, the encouragement one is like, yo, keep reading, for real, dive deep. That book changes people's lives, literally, all of ours. It's the reason why we're probably here, and maybe you got dragged here by a friend. But we are committed and submitted to the word of God. That doesn't mean we won't make mistakes. I listened to a message when my first time, I got saved when I was like 16, and they gave me a mic. Why, I don't know. And they gave me a mic, and I got the honor to try and do it. And I listened to it like a year ago, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I made some mistakes. But that's part of the process. Mistakes are ingrained in this process, grace, all of these beautiful things. But at the end of the day, we're rooted and we're committed to the word. The church is, the big C church, everybody rooted and under the authority of scripture. And lastly, the church has order and borders. And that's fleshed out through the structure and the servant leaders. That's the order. We have trustees, we got boards, you got elders, you got overseers, you got staff, you got all these fun people. But as well as you have doctrine. I mean, you have kind of things that let you say yes and things that let you say no. There's a statement of faith, and we have one of those, and we also have a passion that helps us point us in the right direction. You're like, well, why not, why not here? Why don't we go here? It's like, well, right now we're here, Lansing. It's a beautiful work. There's a border. There's, there's doctrine. There's statements of faith. There's passions that align us as the church. And so Jerome hit a 50 out of 10, I think, on these, these, five, these five options. And you may say, there's a million more. There's a million more. And you're probably right. There is. But if I was going to land on a few, I think he did a great job at communicating five truths about the, about the church. But I woke up this morning with, like, a throat thing, so give me a break. <clears> throat> so, but in order to have this church... We must have the good news because we are a, <coughs> excuse me, we are. So this one, I don't know if it ruffles your feathers. It doesn't mind because if there's any hill that we can die on, I'll publicly say, bring out the press, bring out every, everybody. The gospel is the hill we'll die on. We live and die for the gospel. In the conversation of theology, you know, there's a lot of he said and she said, and that's okay. There's opinions and it's all welcomed here. We can talk about it. We can thrash. Yo, let's think about it. Where's the angles? I'm in Bible college. It's a joy. Man, we get to talk about all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, there's one thing that's central and there's one thing that's true, and it's the gospel. It's the good news. There's proof of concept for that. We devoted our lives to it. Many of you have devoted your lives to the truth. Many people before us that aren't in this room, that aren't, in this, that aren't alive anymore, 
have considered the gospel worthy of their lives, that have considered the good news worthy of their lives, not just their time, their lives, like everything they did. Like, yo, that grabs my attention every time when someone's committed. Like, I don't care if it's, if it's, if it's lacrosse, if it's underwater basket weaving, if you've committed your everything to something, that's impressive, yes? But to think someone says, my life is contingent upon this gospel, I've given it my everything, that's convicting and compelling. So you might sit here and you say, yo, Ashton, no, like the good news, the gospel, I'm still a little bit, I don't know what that is. Please don't feel head trash. They brought up the word gospel to me again when I was like 16 or 17. They were like, oh, yeah, here, real quick. Do you know what the gospel, like when I was speaking, they were like, you know what the gospel is? And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course I do. Like, what do you mean? That's like, that's an awesome form of music. And they were like, they looked at me twice. They were like, they were like the gospel, like, you know, like the gospel. And I was like, I don't know who you would say is like, I know the go of like other certain circumstances and categories, but of the gospel, I don't know the go. Maybe Tasha Cobbs is up there. I'm not sure. And I was like, we can, write, we can talk about it. Mama Williams listens to it. So I don't know. Tell me. And then she was like, she was like, no, the gospel is this, that Jesus died on the cross. He got back up again. And then it's an encouragement for you and I to live out the same. So you feel head trash, don't. And if you're like, yo, Ashton, I've heard the gospel a million times. This is your moment to tune in. It doesn't get old. The gospel's so good and so many people around us, man, we're like, yo, why don't we go to here? Why don't we go there? Why don't we go here? Why don't we go there? Yo, like, have you drove around our city? Have you? Man, because there's some really hard stuff. There's some real close people that are still getting incarcerated, that are still going through hard things, really close people. That stuff's not a joke. It's hard. So you might be like, I know this. No, you, then come on, lean in with me. Let's be passionate about it together then, please. Passionate Ashton, passionate us with a passion for Jesus. What's happening? Come on. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to streamline it to two verses. We're going to start with John 3, 16 through 17. If I can explain the gospel, it's best in these two verses. And there's a million that communicate it. But these two to me are some of the best. John 3, 16 through 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only that whoever believes in him should not perish but have? This is my favorite part. For God did not send his son into the world to, to point fingers, to say you're wrong, but in order that the world might be through him. The next one says, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate. Say that again. We have a with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous, he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Drive it home. Let's hear it. For the sins of the whole world. You guys got to work on that. Drive it home. Communication tactic. And by this, we know that we have come to know him if we kept his. That's a little bit more juice behind there. Many verses communicate the truth. And many verses communicate why we give the gospel the name good news. But these two are what I wanted to highlight. And there's three simple, very simple points that we have today. One, God loved. It said he didn't come to condemn. He, he, he didn't come to point fingers. He didn't come to just say you're wrong and this, this, this. He came because not even before we talk about save, he came what? Because he loved. He literally loves you. Loves you. He loves me. He loves them. Whoever that them is in your head. He loves them. He loves them. 
before we ever could even respond with the love. He loved us. He loved and he chose us. And you might feel guilty. You might feel convicted like, ah, guilty, insecure. I don't know. I'm not worthy. But lovingly, welcome to the coach's huddle. NBA playoffs. It's game time. Miami Heat's going to win it. Let's go. Jimmy Butler for the win. Welcome to the huddle. It doesn't matter. I love you, but it doesn't really matter how you feel right now. Guilty and secure. You're like, whoa, Ashton, that's a little rough. It is. Because it doesn't matter. It's not real. He loves you regardless. What else is there to say? I feel guilty. It doesn't matter. He loves you. God loved so much so that he came to save. God came to save. He paid for me. He paid for you, and he paid for them. i got to get another one. This past week, I was in a conversation with some um, younger girls at the school, and it was a blast. And somehow Jesus comes up, and it's not very often, but it's like, you know, we get to talk about a bunch of stuff, but it was really cool. So we started talking about Jesus. And this illustration came to my head, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And I was like, yo, think about this. You and I, we go to Olympic broil, right? We're getting those chicken tenders. I'm on a diet right now, pre-wedding. I'm trying to get those. You didn't feel me. And I'm like, and I'm like so I'm, I'm excited. I'm like, Olympic broil, let's talk about greasy food. If you don't know what that is, it's the best chicken tenders in Lansing, I think. Ooh. I love them with ranch. And, uh, and so we're talking about Olympic broil, and I'm like, yo, we both go to Olympic broil, but somehow... You know what I mean? Our stomachs speak louder than our wallets. And uh, the bill comes out to $75. Yeesh. At this time, you don't think we're in high school, so we ain't got bread like that. I, look, I bring out my change. I got $12.50. You got $12.50. We amount to $25. What's the bill? Jesus is there at the other, you know, a little like waiting for his food because they closed inside. Sometimes you can't go sit there as much anymore. And, and so he's like, yo, I'll cover, the, I'll cover the gap. I'll cover the delta. And you're like, okay, cool, that makes sense. Like, or you, you think he's going to cover like the delta of the gap. And so you're like, where? I'll put my 25. He's like, no, 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 hold your 25. I cover the whole bill. And you're like, wait, what? Like, I don't deserve that. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm going to cover this. What? And then on top of that, he tips the dude. And you're like, wait, why would you tip the dude? And then on top of that, he still gets you dessert down the street at Dairy Queen. And you're like, wait, what? Like, I don't deserve this. But God saved he covered the gap for you and me. Remember, he's the propitiation, the appeasement for our sins. That's what that means. He covered the gap. If you're like, food doesn't really register with me, that's okay. It does me. You're coming off exit 117 over in Williamston, coming from Detroit maybe. You might not know where that's at. I'll give you a little bit of context. You're coming off exit 117 from, and goes right into Williamston when you're coming from Detroit. And it goes from like you driving 79 on the highway, are you? I don't know, I do. 79 on the highway, you're coming off the exit, and you go down the street, and it goes from 79, once you get off on the, like, Williamson Roads, it goes 50, like, 45, 30, 25, in, like, two feet. <laughs> Bang, whoop, whoop. You're going 79 still. Oh, dang it. You pull over. Oh, shoot. Hands on the wheel, you're doing your thing. He comes up. Hey, man, you know why I pulled you over tonight? And you're like... Obviously, my bad. And he's like, okay. He goes, uh, he goes, you know, you're going 75 in a 25. And you're like, that's my bad. And he's like, it is. And you're like, okay. But he goes, you know, I'm going to have to write you a ticket. And I was like, and I was like and you're, you know, you're sad. You're like, I got to take the ticket. It's mad points on my license. This is not good. And uh, so he goes to hand you the ticket. And he goes, you know what, actually, Ashton, I'm not going to write you the ticket. And you're like, oh, my goodness. Like, that's amazing. He's like, I'm going to write you, too, because you have tints on your windows. That's what you think. 
But see, what he did is he took away the ticket. That's called mercy. You didn't get what you deserved. And he says, here's two tickets, like I said, to the Miami Heat game. What? That's called grace. You get, you're gifted something you don't deserve. Mercy is you don't get what you deserve, and grace is you're gifted what you don't deserve on top of that. You see what I'm saying? Just like the dessert in the previous analogy. You get two tickets. See, God saved us. He didn't only just cover the gap. But he gifted us with this eternal life and community and family. God saved and he went way more above that. Does that make sense? Does that register? He's our advocate. You're like, but Ashton, even after I did that, I've still made more mistakes. I've still made more mistakes. You're covered. Believe it or not, you don't have to be perfect. You're covered by the blood of Jesus. And he's your advocate in the throne room that stands before anything and everything. Any, any lies that come at your mind, yo, I did this in my past. I've messed up this way. Man, but actually, you're talking about speeding tickets. You don't know what I've done. I love what Jerome says. He's like, dude, your sin's not that sweet. God's grace is way cooler. God's grace is way more powerful. He's your advocate. And he stands before you and I. And lastly, God asks us to reflect this in life. And this is where we'll land the plane. And it's basically this. We'll put it, on the, we'll put it on the screen. What do I do in the meantime? Here you go. The good news is not asking just for a response. That might have been your first time hearing it. I pray you respond. We'll have a time for worship in a second. But also there's a different response you can have today too. To live it. To share it. To do something with it. How? Become a member. Make this your ecclesia. Make this your family. Secondly, serve, right? I love Jerome and Crystal. I love their servant-heartedness. They're more than that. They're servant-committed. Jesus was committed to service. More than just a thought and an emotion. Committed. Serve here. Join the dream team. It's to be a blast. Lastly, today's May 21st, and it's our opening for groups, so they're starting this week. If you're not in one, dude, remember, we're in the coach's huddle, right? So I can kind of speak to, like, yo, emotions are awesome, but let's speak logical. Dude, join a group. Dudes, if you're here and you're not in a group, bro, step up. There's like three men's group. Please get in one. Like every single night. Do it with people. And give. I'm not just talking financially. I promise you the church isn't some money scheme. It's not. It's really, if we really took it into consideration, this is the one vessel that's committed to wanting to point people to eternity. Isn't it worth everything? Everything? I'm not even just talking about financially. I'm talking about our life. So team, if you guys want to come up here, you're good to go. We're going to give some space to respond and we'll pray a little bit. We'll worship. It'd be a blast. But lastly, those four nuggets are what we want to land on. Yo, become a member. Seriously. Serve. Join a group. Girls, there's awesome groups. I saw budgeting for beginners. You're like, that's not a Bible study group. It's okay. You're around people. Ecclesia, it's a gathering. And lastly, let's give. Let's give a response, and let's give our lives away in some shape, some form, whatever that may look like. We're going to give some space to respond real quick, have some worship. You guys can stand. Um, you can kneel. As Tina said, you can bow sometimes. That's a beautiful posture. To posture our hearts in a position to want to serve and to want to give our lives away, to realize this thing is worth everything. Jesus, have your way. Lord, we give you our lives we give you this day. Um, Lord, I pray that we do respond. 
with zeal and passion. And when that fire kind of goes out, God, at the end of the day, our discipline stands true. That at the end of the day, we're a gathering. We have people to pick us up when we're down. Lord, if there's someone here that's like, yo, I never even heard the gospel. Well, I'm happy to be able to give it to you. And I pray that you choose Jesus because it's the way, the truth, the life. It's your only way through all the pain, all the turmoil, all the stuff. So God, we give you our hearts. We give you, we, 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 we let go of control and we let you drive this ship. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.